ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Tuesday, February the 23rd, 2021. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. Welcome. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel. I'm doing well. I'm coming at you as usual from Brooklyn, New York. A balmy Brooklyn, New York. My hot take this week is that uh, A.J. Preller, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, San Diego Padres manager, uh, general manager A.J. Preller has a horrible gambling problem, and he should probably seek help. I say this, of course, in reference to the massive 14-year, $340 million deal signed by 22-year-old Fernando Tatis Jr. this past week uh, that... Keeps him with the club until, what is that, 2035. Tatis Jr. wasn't even arbitration eligible until the 2022 season, and he wouldn't be eligible for free agency until the 2025 season or 26 season. So Preller essentially signed him to this huge deal long before he needed to, uh, and I think it's a huge gamble. A $340 million gamble. Well, he's betting that Fernando Tatis is actually the best player in the game and will be for the next 10 years, in which when he reaches arbitration time in a year and a half, his worth will be so much higher that it'll be worth it to him. That's, and I agree with you. That's a big gamble. Yeah, the big problem with this is now Cubs fans think that Chris Bryant is owed like $22 million a year, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Chris Bryant is a, he's like a real Bryce Harper sort of. Yeah. It's like he's he's really, everyone thinks he's so good, but the like numbers aren't really there. But they don't think he's only good, they think he's better than. Like the two players on that team. Or the three. I mean, they don't even mention Wilson Contreras, who might be the most valuable player on the whole thing. As a hard-hitting catcher Mm -hmm. is a huge asset in a Major League Baseball uniform. A fucking blanky third baseman, big deal. But you got a first baseman that's pretty good and a shortstop that's, while he may be the second best shortstop in Chicago, is pretty fucking good. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I my thing is that Tati should have asked for more money. I mean, fourteen years. I think it 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 comes out to average of about twenty four million a, a year, but it's not distributed evenly. Right, <clears throat> and it's less per year than his teammate. Um, what's his name? Manny Machado. Yeah, Manny. Yeah. Uh, so, 
he won't be the highest paid player on the Padres, but he will be the longest tenured player on the Padres. Although, honestly, like, what's going to happen when this Padres team collapses in, like, three years? Are they going to trade him? Like, does he have no trade clauses in this contract? But I don't know, but... He'll still be worth a lot then. I mean, right. they'll be able to trade him for a ton of prospects. That's true, I guess. And at $24 million a year, year, that's a pretty good deal for Tatis. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's kind of a he's kind of everything you want for for expecting a major league baseball to last a long baseball player to last a long could time. Be, could be could be everything. I mean, want. well, that's what I'm saying. He's like that's he has a lot of the kind of like I mean, his dad was a major leaguer, so there's obviously a work ethic involved. You know what I mean? Like he's got some kind of like the sort of legacy crap. He's got all the skills and the talent, and he's young, so it's like the the, the odds of him making it ten years in the major leagues are a lot better than they are for anybody else. So he may as well, you know that. It's it's not as bad of a bet, I don't think. I think it's, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna lock up anybody, it's, Tatis has a lot of the intangibles. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't mean that it's gonna happen. It doesn't mean anything because next year he could fucking tear a muscle and do a shitty job rehabbing and get you know another year on top of that and then blah 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 and then down the road all of a sudden he has played three three solid seasons in a 10-year career and is a big disappointment. You know, it's fucking anything can happen, yeah, man. I also think that what do you do... Like, you don't give a 22-year-old $24 million a year. That's crazy. What's going to happen... Like, what's going to happen when he all of a sudden has more money than he could ever dream of and he's, like, in Southern California and... Well, that's where I think some of, like, his <clears throat> his dad being a major leaguer, that kind of, like, he has grown up around it he, and he's not in need, you know? You think that he'd be able to handle it a little bit better? He might be, but I guess that's what, that's what I'm saying. Those are intangibles that go into lending credibility or lending weight to the argument that it might be worth it because he's got kind of all the stuff that you would want in a major league player, but you don't, you don't know. Nobody ever knows. So I, I don't know. The it's flip side of that is like, you know, how many millionaires' children are, seem to be responsible and well-adjusted adults, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's a fair that's a fair statement for sure. But I think I think seeing him, I mean, only a major only a professional athlete knows how hard professional athletes work. Yeah, I mean, true. At a certain level. <clears throat> that's true. Um. Like ten percent of that goes to those goddamn payday loan companies that have uh, sprung up around minor league baseball. Oh Jesus! Yeah, true, true. Also joining <clears throat> us, uh, as per usual, I'm going to say now because it's been like months. Uh, Thomas, Thomas, how's it going? It's going well, Joel. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be here. Coming to you from, yeah, you guessed it, rainy Seattle, uh, where my hot take is we. Probably should have seen this coming from the president and CEO of the Seattle Mariners, Kevin Mather, who was revealed to have spoken on the record or on the Zoom to the Bellevue Rotary Club about uh, some of his insights into the Seattle Mariners past, present and future, in which he revealed some shortcomings he felt mostly race related or language barrier related. Uh, He called Kyle Seeger the anchor third baseman and kind of fan favorite old at this point oldest tenured mariner Kyle Seeger they said he was overpaid and that he wouldn't be with the mariners after next season pretty much on the record uh 
There was a couple of other things he said. He was pissed about playing, paying Hisashi Iwakuma, another beloved Mariner, his, paying his translator $75,000 a year. It was just kind of like all these things, you know, I was reading, the, I read the transcripts and I was like, oh, whatever, like, those are stupid things to say. But then I realized kind of the, the gravity of it and sort of how, when I said it out loud, I think I was like, holy shit, he's just like said a bunch of really racist shit and then ostracized. Oh, and then he said a bunch of dog shit about... Uh, uh, Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez. Like, he basically, like, talked shit about our prospects. But my hot take is that this probably isn't the lowest it's going to go and that this is could kind of be expected from a Seattle Mariners front office that has sort of wallowed in the mire of garbage in the last 20 years and led to their continuous... Since the, Mar- since the Nintendo Corporation, the head of the Nintendo Corporation kind of got out of that i'm not sure exactly the numbers on who owns what at this point but i feel like in the last 20 years their front office last 10 years their front office has really pissed away any goodwill and done a really shit job of treating players or being on the forefront of any kind of whether it be in sports medicine or in coaching tactics it's been really lagging on any kind of like progressiveness in baseball which coming from the area that the town and the team is based is pretty maybe predictable but disappointing i don't know the whole thing was pretty gross and it makes me pretty sad and hopefully it can inspire the mariners to have a better 2022 instead of detracting from their overall performance that's my rant about the seattle mariners i'm not sure what my hot take is except that i think it's not that surprising my take on that is that this guy was trying to lose his job intentionally for some reason it seems like it. I I think that, like, you know, at this point in professional sports, you have to know that you can't say things like that anywhere because people are, like, rabid about that shit. Well, I mean... And it, rightly it, so. It, I'm not saying they shouldn't be. But I, I think that if you say something like that and you're on the record, you're at a public event or whatever, then you're intentionally trying to tank your career. Like, he's trying to tank his career in baseball for some reason. It could also be like a generational thing where like he doesn't really understand that Zoom is like a public forum. That's what I was thinking. Well, I mean, it, it, when they talk about the Bellevue Rotary Club is like, I mean, Bellevue is kind of an up, upscale part of Seattle, sort of it's its own city, but it's kind of like where a ton of business and a ton of like rich people live. So it's a bunch of rich people in the Bellevue Rotary Club. It's like this old fucking boys network of Mariner fans. And it's this fucking asshole standing up there like, hey, fucking immigrants and gays. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yes. And normally that shit goes over like fucking gangbusters and that shit. Because nobody's recording it until you get your, the Rotary Club's media intern to post it on YouTube. Right. Oh, is that how that happened? I believe so. Don't don't Google that. Don't I Google. thought that it was kind of at the direct, like the Mariners were like, yeah, sure, here's this thing. We'll just put it on the website. And that was like, people are like, wait, 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 wait. And like, then the list started popping up and they were like, uh, and then they erased it. So they got it off of YouTube. It was on YouTube. I think they put a link to it. Somewhere. So he's gone, right? He resigned. So he, re- he resigned. Howard Stanton, the owner i don't know what the hell he has sent a letter a personal apology to seattle mariner fans apparently a couple of people wrote scathing letters about the whole thing talking about what a piece of, oh this piece of shit also got well that's the reason i don't know if we talked about that already but he got two uh, th- uh multiple sexual harassment charges 
were settled for, I think a year and a half ago for this fucking guy. And that was involving the people that are still in the front office now. So it's all pretty gross. Anyway, so. Uh, yep. We're going to have to have a nice, clean episode about sexism. Sexism in baseball. Yeah. Right. Short 20 minute one. We'll just do a quick one. Short 20 minute episode. All right. We will. Let's revisit this later. Let's move on. Uh, like I said, my name is Joel. Uh, my hot take is thoughts and prayers go out to Golfo Tiger Woods trying to check on the internet right now. Uh, Mr. Woods was in a terrible car accident this morning in the Los Angeles area. Uh, multiple fractures to his legs, broken ankle. He had surgery this afternoon. Uh, should not be life-threatening, so that's good. But all my hot take is, you know, Tiger Woods should be really thankful that he competes in the PGA and he does not compete in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. That's fucked up. (laughs) I don't know how to feel about that. (laughs) I had to say it. Sorry, guys. That's pretty. (laughs) That's pretty brutal. (laughs) We're all the very competitive sports. Yeah. Uh, Uh. Yeah. Fuck Tiger Woods. I'm not a Tiger Woods fan, but I don't wish any particular ill will upon him. <laughs> no, you know. Yeah. All all best wishes to him and his family, but fuck that guy. Yeah, no. I learned Tiger Woods' real first name today. I'm trying to find it again. Eldrick. Eldrick, Eldrick. right. Eldrick. Eldrick Woods. Eldrick Woods. That's such a cooler name. That's such a way cooler name. Uh, we gotta we gotta move on, but I've got but like how much? I want to hear your central. No, I want to hear your central. I want to hear your preview. Yeah, yeah. How much is based on his name being Tiger? I yeah. I don't. I think that if you told me that somebody's name was Eldrick Woods and then you showed me a picture of Tiger Woods, I would not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe it. Probably. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you told said there's a guy named Eldrick Woods who's the best golfer in America, I'd be like, that sounds cool. I, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but you tell me Tiger Woods is the best golfer in America, I'm like, I don't fucking, I don't want to watch anybody named Tiger do anything. <clears throat> Eldrick Woods sounds like a Charles Dickens character, you know? Eldrick Woods, yeah, like he's a Bailey student or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. With a terrible <laughs> secret. <laughs> okay, you got it. Moving on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dub on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. I want to give a shout out and a thank you to everyone who listened to our episodes last week. Uh, really appreciate it. Please continue to do so. If you listen on Apple uh, iTunes, give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Check us out on uh, SoundCloud and or Spotify. Thank you to uh, Columbus, Ohio. I'm just assuming that's Frankenstein. Portland, Oregon. Champaign, Illinois. San Jose, California. Seattle. Marshfield, Massachusetts. Bend, Oregon. Kazan, Russia. Vladimir Putin's friend of the show. Belize City, Belize. Gulfport, Mississippi. Really appreciate all of the listens. I have. A, I want to give a shout out. Yes. To uh, Florida Atlantic University freshman Caleb Pendleton, uh, 
who hit two grand slams in his first two at-bats in the one inning, the same inning. What was the score? I think it was 11 to 1. Who were they playing? <laughs> like an elementary school? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much more than that, but I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, your first two collegiate at-bats, you hit two grand slams. So you have, in two at-bats, you have two home runs with eight RBIs. You know, just retire. You're done. And yeah, well, and I'm like, man, that sucks. You know, like, there's nowhere to go but down. Like, your baseball career will never be this good again. What, what's his name? Caleb Pendleton. Caleb Pendleton. All right, Caleb Pendleton. Shout out. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we got a word press. And we're sorry, Caleb. I'm sorry. And we got Instagram. Uh, here we go. AL Central. Yeah. I want to. Uh, so, uh, this is uh, the second of six. Sam left. This oh, is the yeah. second of six. Oh, he left. The uh, installments where we're getting ready for the 2021 main baseball season. Last week, we did an AL East preview. Sam got his up to date. Hey, bravo, bravo, bravo. So this week uh, we're talking about the American League Central, which um, I will talk about right now. So okay, for everybody who you know is listening, so Sam is the reason we're doing it this way. Sam's a Boston Red Sox fan. I'm a Chicago White Sox fan. Thomas is a Seattle Mariners fan. So we're all AL guys, right? Fuck the uh, I don't want to be put as an AL guy on the right. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you like the Giants? I grew up a Giants fan. Uh, yeah. That was when I was younger. But I, and I've always liked the National League. I prefer, I'd like my my pitchers to bat, please. Oh, uh, I got a hot take about that, but I'll save it. Um, it's got to do with Trevor Bauer. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk to us about the American League Central. So last year, in the pandemic-shortened 2020 season, the AL Central was decided by just one game, with the Minnesota Twins winning the division over both the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Indians, who tied. Under the expanded playoff rules, all three teams made it to the postseason, where they were all quickly defeated by superior teams from the AL East and the Summarily AL. dismissed. Dismissed. Thank you. You're correct. Yeah. Summarily. 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 In 2021, we may see more of the same. That's kind of what I'm expecting. A year-long competitive race for the division, but ultimately no team emerging as a heavyweight favorite, uh, at least league-wide. I I don't think there's actually an AL team that's clearly better than uh, the, the good teams in the Central Division. But, like, the Dodgers, the Padres, maybe the Braves, maybe the Mets, like, there's no 100-win team in the AL Central, is what I'm saying. There's probably a couple, there might be a 90-win team. There might be two 90-win teams. Um, Go ahead. No, never mind. I answered my own question. Yeah. Um, One thing I wanted to bring up, which I thought was really interesting is that on the internet, the Las Vegas betting odds disagree with the computer projections, which is very unusual. 
So right now, if you go online and you want to put money down, the White Sox are the money line favorite to win the AL Central by quite a bit. The Sox are the consensus fourth team in betting to win the World Series behind the Dodgers one, the Yankees two, and the Padres three. And they are heavy favorites in Vegas to win the AL Central at negative 110 compared to second place Twins at plus 140, which is a pretty big spread. So if you bet $110 right now on the White Sox to win the division, you'll make $100 back. If you bet $100 right now on the Twins to win the division, you'll make $140 back. That's like a not insignificant difference. However, baseball prospectus has the Twins winning the division at 91 and 71, with Cleveland finishing second at 86-76, and the White Sox finishing in third place at 83-79, and 79, which I am insulted by. <clears throat> and graphs have the White Sox as very, very slight favorites over Minnesota. They give Chicago a 43.7% chance of winning the division versus 43.4%. What was that source? Fangraphs.com. 43.7% chance for the White Sox to win the division versus 43.4% for Minnesota and 8% for Cleveland. So it's weird that you have this disagreement between Vegas and the computers. Yeah, why does... uh... Why? What does Vegas know that the computers don't know? Here's what I'm afraid of. Vegas, there are more people who live in Chicago than live in Minneapolis. Mm. So more folks are betting on the White Sox than are betting on the Twins. My other fear is that the White Sox have a lot more hype coming out of the 2020 season than the Minnesota Twins do. That's my hypothesis, but I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, That's, that sounds reasonable. I mean, that makes sense. But yeah. I mean, the Twins won the division last year, right? Yep. By not by not by much though. Like one the, game. The White Sox kind of lost the division last year. Wait, wait, wait. Like. We're talking about 2019, right? No, I'm talking about 2020. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. That What's 2020? The yeah. Twins won the last two years. Yes. And they ran away with it in 2019. Did they? I should look that up. I know they won it in 2019. Yeah, they won it by a bunch. Yeah. I think, the they were they were, the, I think they were the first AL team to clinch in 2019. It was close until, like, late, pretty late. And then no, they, they won 100 games. Yeah, they oh, won. that's yeah. right. Yeah, they did win 100 games in 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, think, I think that last year the White Sox lost that division. Yeah, and because, got, I want to talk about that. Sam, okay. put a pin in that because I definitely want to... I'm going to get to that. Okay. Uh, because I think I, that's an important po- point, and I think, I think we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to go from my top to my bottom. So I'm just going to embrace my fandom, and I'm, I'm picking the White Sox to win the division. Okay. okay. boy. Yep. Uh, and so I'm, I'm saying that. I'm getting rid of any um, drama. So... The Chicago White Sox, um, over the offseason, the Sox added uh, pitcher Lance Lynn from the Texas Rangers. Rangers, there's more than one. Closer William Hendricks from the Oakland A's. And they return outfielder Adam Eaton from the Washington Nationals. 
Hendricks is interesting because he uh, got the last strikeout against the White Sox that eliminated them from the playoffs in 2020, and now he's on Chicago. Uh, they also, one big wild card for Chicago is rookie DH Andrew Vaughn. Uh, so the White Sox let Edwin Encarnacion uh, walk because he had an absolute fucking terrible season last year. Um, Encarnacion did? Yeah, yeah. He, I liked him a lot. and uh, <laughs> He drives me crazy. I, I really enjoyed him. He, he looked like he was having fun. He hit a lot of home runs, but he, he was terrible. He was on DH, and he was terrible at the plate. So the White Sox let him. 12 in a 16-game season? That's, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah, but he hit like 200. He was like 200. 200's great. He hit 12. I think it was he under like, 200. Was it? Yeah, probably. He, he, hit, been like that, though. he hit like 180 with a 600 OPS or something stupid. But like you know, that. in a 162-game season, he would have hit a hot streak, and he would have brought his numbers up to respectability, and he would have hit a shitload of numbers. Right, which you could say about almost anybody, though, right? Like, Not we also let Nomar Mazzara walk, because he had a terrible season for us. But Mazzara hasn't done it a bunch of times. I mean, Edwin right. Encarnacion has done it a bunch of times. Like, I, I used to really not like that guy because he always hit home runs for teams I didn't want to win. And <laughs> He's the parrot. I loved the parrot. I, was I hated the parrot. I always hated I wanted him to take the parrot back to the dugout when he struck out. I wanted him to like, oh, okay, parrot, let's go back. Like, walk back to the dugout, motherfucker. <laughs> if you're going to take it on tour, you got to take it when you suck, too. <laughs> I had to really try hard not to spit take there. This has got to be a video cast. I know. I'll get on that. Um, (laughs) One thing. So in 2020, the White Sox were top five MLB team in run scored, home runs, and team slugging. And Sam, one thing I'm worried about after you talked about Tampa Bay last week is that the White Sox might be hurt um, disproportionately by the dead ball also, because they really depended on home runs. Right. They hit the shit out of the ball, though. Those guys are all yes. young, strong dudes that hit the ball really fucking hard. So, And if I'm looking at positives for the White Sox, that's my biggest positive, is that they've got the young core, the young core's back, they all should be better. Well, not all, but, you know, we're hoping for in, uh, continued improvement from and the health. And health. Hashtag stay healthy. That's our, our motto. And then we've got a rotation of Keiko, Giolito, and Lance Lynn. So I think the White Sox are the favorite. Potentially Michael Kopech, right? Yep. Well, yeah. And then, yeah, Kopech, um, he might start out of the bullpen, but he's healthy. He says he's healthy. Everybody says they're healthy. He says he's healthy. Um, we got Rodon. Carlos Rodon could be good. Yeah, I, you know, if he's your fourth starter, I'm happy Carlos Rodon being the fourth starter. Oh, Garrett Crochet, I like, and we got a good bullpen. Um, we haven't won the division since 2008, which was the year I really, well, 07 was when I really became a White Sox fan, so I would like us to win the division this year. So, go Chicago. I, I, I see us 90 to 92 wins. That's good. Okay, second place, the Minnesota Twins, right? They won back-to-back division championships. Somehow the fucking Twins always get it done, right? 
They added Alex Colomay, who was the White Sox former closer. They got Andrelton, 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 Andrelton Simmons from uh, the Anaheim Angels, and they also picked up J. A. Happ, which I was a little surprised. Wait, are you talking the Twins? Or are you talking the Twins? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Twins. Um, who was their they, shortstop last year? Who was their shortstop <laughs> last year? I don't know. Oh. uh... What's his name? Polanco? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Jorge Polanco. Yeah, yeah Jorge Polanco. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Did I say Polanco? I said something like that. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, twin, the, the twins were surprisingly good. Jorge Polanco, Eddie Rosario, is, I think he's gone. Yeah, Eddie Rosario is gone. Yeah, I think that uh, Max Kepler in right field is really knockdown player. I think he's he could have a good year. He could, I mean, he could always have a good year, but he could have a really good. Year. I think he's underrated, constantly underrated. Yep. He had kind of a shitty twenty twenty, but I think that'll make him better this year. Well, they still got the offense. What Nelson Cruz? They got Max Kepler. They got Josh Donaldson. That's a really fearsome offensive lineup right? for sure Nelson uh, Cruz doesn't Buxton. play in the field and Byron Buxton had like a career year last year in the in 2020 but I'm really curious if he continues to be like an offensive threat that would help Minnesota a lot yeah no I mean he plays like best I mean now well I mean I think he's the best center fielder in baseball, defensively, I think a lot of people think that. And he's if he's hitting, he's dangerous. He's fast, and he runs the base as well. So he can be really a good asset. Luis Arias, I think, is there. Is he still on there? He's their second baseman, kind of light hitting second yeah, baseman. Second but, base. but he's got he's got some he's got some potential. They have Jake Cave off the bench, and I think what's they got their rotation is pretty good. They also still have Marwin Gonzalez on that team. I thought he got traded. Did he get tweeted? I, I think we yeah, the Red Sox picked him up, didn't they? What? Didn't the Red Sox pick him up just barely? We talked about it, but I don't think it was ever it was ever official, and I don't right. know if it is. So my my big my minus that I've got here for the Twins is that their rotation is going to be different, the starting rotation, and in my opinion, it's not going to be as good. Uh, I my Ada. They got Maeda. He'll be the ace. They still got Jose Barrios. 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 He'll probably be their number two. Uh, Rich Hill, a.k.a. Ooh, excuse me. Rich Hill, a.k.a. Dick Mountain, went to Tampa Bay. Wait, Rich Hill from Los Angeles, Rich Hill? He's like 100 years old. Yeah. Throw that big curveball? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and uh, Jake Odorizzi is an interesting one. He had a terrible 2020. He's an unsigned free agent right now. And it looks oh, like so they will let him walk. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's wild. So, so I don't know. I mean, if, if I just don't think the Twins are as good. I mean, do you think adding J.A. Happ is a good add to your starting rotation? I think Maeda and Barrios, are, when, they're, when they're right, is a good one, too. And I think... Uh, who is the th- the three though? Hap. I thought you said somebody and I forgot that. Which um, Hill's gone? Odubt is gone. They got Trevor May's gone. Um, 
Randy Dobnak. Oh, Dobnak. Dobnak's not bad, actually. And the twins always kind of develop pretty well, so who knows? They'll need that. Yeah. So I'm picking the twins to finish second in the division. Uh, number three, the Cleveland Indians. Some folks are picking them to win the division. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'm still really angry at the Cleveland Indians. Sam, this gets back to your point earlier. The Indians swept the White Sox in four consecutive games in September last year. And that is why the White Sox did not clinch the division and why they had to go on the road for whatever that was worth to play Oakland. Um, And that's the White Sox part. And that's why Ricky Renteria got fired, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Cleveland Indians, it's important to note, have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball for 2021. Well, they played shortstop lost, for Cleveland. They've lost Lindor. They've lost Carrasco. They've lost Clevenger. They've lost Brad Hand. They've lost Carlos Santana and his amazing guitar skills. Like, they yeah. have lost so many players on that team. That dude can shred <laughs> on the guitar. He's still good on the guitar, man. Uh, <laughs> they still got Cy Young winner Shane Bieber. They still got... Uh, MVP runner-up um, Jose Ramirez, but I like they are, and, and the guys they still have are not young. They're not a young team. They're just a they just like gutted their team during the offseason. They added outfielder Eddie Rosario. They added shortstop Ahmed Rosario, and they added outfielder Andres Jimenez, who should probably change his last name to Rosario. Huh? <laughs> that might be racist. Oh, damn it. I was trying not to be racist. Ahmed Rosario's a shortstop. Wait. Oh, I got that. Yeah, do it. Eddie Rosario's an outfielder. Um, I got that mixed. My bad. Eddie Rosario's an outfielder. Ahmed Rosario's a shortstop. Sorry. I didn't mean to actually your joke. That was, that was shitty of me. I just, I don't think, I mean, I don't think Cleveland's, I mean, I could see, I could see the second place team in the Central competing for a wild card spot. I would bet against them. I don't think Cleveland's a wild card team. I think that if Cleveland makes the playoffs next year as the like lowest payroll team in baseball, that'd be something. Yeah. Because they are not the Rays. Right. Well, they got, I mean, they They've got a couple of guys that are pretty goddamn good. They've got they've developed. I mean, they develop well too. Yeah, they develop well, well they, too, but they're not the perennial low budget competitors like the Rays or the A's. It would be something, I think, for them to compete this year, have, having like basically fire sailed their entire team. I agree with you. I thought they overperformed last year or whatever last year was. Yeah. And well, and that guy, Shane Bieber, was pitching out of his fucking mind last Not year. Entirely out of for his him, mind. For him to, like, repeat that would be would be impressive. I'm not sold on that guy yet. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. What did they get back for that club and you deal? They got a bunch of shit back. And, and we've talked about that on this podcast. They We think they're betting that they can just grow, home grow like a turnip another pitcher. 
Yeah, yeah I, I didn't we talk about that because the people yeah. they got back on that Clevenger deal had like a combined negative six war or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was at salary dump. Yeah, sending them all to the Padre. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think the Indians are not going to be great. Okay, moving on, Kansas City. Uh, they were projected by baseball prospectus to finish 71-91. Here's my hot take about the Kansas City Royals. I think if there's a team that's going to come out of nowhere to be competitive in 2021, I would bet on the Kansas City Royals. I like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't bet your house on that. But there's don't bet all- your house on anything. <laughs> bet- right now. Yeah. But I think they unless they, you're they, the general manager of the San Diego Padres. Bet your house on Fernando Tatis. Yeah, bet the farm. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna, yeah, never mind. Don't don't do that. Uh, they added Red Sox Andrew Benintendi. They got Carlos Santana and his sick guitar licks. They added. Well, you're so smooth. Exactly. Um, Starting pitcher Mike Miner, who's still hanging around, and pitcher Greg Holland. Oh, who's also still hanging around? Yeah, no, they got like a really sick 20, 2009 maybe pitching rotation. Um, <laughs> they have some young offensive stars, don't they? I mean, they got like well, Whit Merrifield always going to break yeah, out. They got not... Whit Merrifield, he's good. Michael Franco, I'm kind of a secret Michael Franco fan. Wait, and uh, they had another one, another kid that was really highly talented. Uh, they've got Mondesi at shortstop. Yeah, and Alberto Mondesi or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they've got Salvador Perez. You know, if you're talking to offensive catchers, Salvador Perez is pretty good. He yeah, is. He's good. like 150, isn't he? Yeah, he also has been pretty injury prone the past couple of seasons, but he's good. And Danny yeah. Duffy. Who loves and pornography? Duffy, yeah, I had a note about Danny Duffy. Fucking they Danny Duffy. Famous masturbator Danny Duffy. They had to, <laughs> had to ban pornography because of him. How do you become a famous... Wait, who had to ban pornography? He loves pornography so much. Yeah. <laughs> but what's Kansas about City, to love, you know? The Kansas City Royals had to ban the use of pornography among their players because Danny Duffy... <laughs> like how? Last year? Couple of years ago. Couple years ago. In non lockdown, how do you stop a player from watching porn? It was like a it was like a pledge. It was like an abstinence pledge. Fuck off. On the Royals, they did an abstinence pledge. (laughs) No wonder they fucking suck. Well, and their, their mascot, Sluggo the Lion, got in trouble a couple of years ago. Yeah, sexual harassment, right? <laughs> well, he got paid to give lap dances at a bachelorette party. Well, that's, you know, it's all good fun. But he was still, like, representing the Kansas City. Can you imagine a lap dance tiger mascot, a lion mascot? The Mariner Moose. <laughs> God damn it, that's hilarious. Uh, I, I mean, like... Kansas City, I want him to come out of nowhere and win the fucking division. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, 70, 70 to 72 wins is, is about... I, I'm, I'm, What's Vegas got him at? 
uh, uh, four thousand plus four thousand to win the division, something ridiculous. Yeah, do it. Tom. hundred dollars to get four thousand. With a hundred dollars, gets you four grand. If you bet right now on the Kansas City Royals to win the AL Central, do it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and last and least, the Detroit Tigers. They're gonna suck. Uh, ever gonna be good? Not anytime soon. I don't even know if they have a plan, which is kind of depressing because they're really uh, blowing it right now. Didn't they hire yeah, they, what's his name to be their manager though? Well, is Garden Hire gone? Yeah, they hired uh, the they hired the guy Garden from Garden. the Astros. Oh, AJ Hinch. They hired right. AJ Hinch. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's the new. Yeah, that's a good point. AJ Hinch. Their plan is to hire AJ Hinch and have him bring some of that Astros magic. And for some <laughs> reason, they're the only team that didn't get the memo that that Astros magic was actually cheating. So I got is- these trash cans, okay? They're the new trash cans. We're going to just put them <laughs> right by the edge of the dugout. Uh, they picked up outfielder Nomo Mazzola from the White Sox. So I think it's funny. We let outfielder Mazzola walk and he got picked up by Detroit and we let closer Alex Colome walk and he got picked up by Minnesota so we're going to see both of those guys they hired uh, signed outfielder Robbie Grossman I might note that interdivision trades have been kind of a a topic of yeah but these aren't trades this is us not signing them and them getting signed by interdivision competitors but you're right oh my bad yeah um and then they've got a funny pitching crew. I had this whole thing about, like, watch out for Detroit's hot young pitchers. But then I looked them up, and they all fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Detroit. I like my, my, my dear niece and brother-in-law are huge Detroit. I have, like, AL Central is, like, my... I have tons of people that I really like. A good dear friend of mine is a huge Twins fan. I got you as a White Sox fan and a oh, family. Oh, that's right. Your brother-in-law is a huge Detroit fan. Yeah, he's a big Tigers fan. And, and, and Matilda, his daughter, is now getting into it. Oh, good. Well, they suck. I know. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> if, they, if you guys are listening, I'm so sorry. Uh... Pitches, uh, so there are pitches, though. Matthew Boyd, uh, I, I want him to pick up the nickname Tin Can. So Matthew Boyd is a good pitcher when he's right, but he was Yeah, but EOA was, like, over six. And I know, like, I, I EOA is my favorite pitching statistic. What um, uh, what Tin Can Boyd? You mean Oil Can Boyd? But, see, I want, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to write a joke here. I'm trying oh. to make a joke. He's not oil can, he's tin can. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I got it, Joel. I'm with you. And then Spencer Turnbull is one of their pitchers, which sounds like a 19th century British prime minister. Didn't uh, Sid Finch write a book about him? Yeah, probably. And then this guy, Casey Mize, who is supposed to be good. He's like 21 and 22. But he also had an EOA like uh, between six and seven last year. Mize was like an early draft pick, wasn't he? He was like a yeah. He's like an ace coming out, but he got rocked. I think he was 0 three with a over six EOA. Uh, but but I'm I'm also looking at Detroit's pitchers for trade uh, bait at the end of the season. Like I, I could see them trying to sell one of these 
Get rid of Tim Cam on the at the trade deadline. Exactly. Or Casey Larry Mize. <laughs> well, okay. So we're running out of ta- time, Joel, but I, I have a question that I want you to address before we finish up here. <clears throat> That's, we like spent a lot of time kind of dunking on the central travel pod from the 2020 season because all of these teams, we hypothesized their stats were being inflated because all the, they only played like the Pirates and the Royals and the Tigers. Like... How much do you think that's going to change this season with the full, like when they have to play the AL West and the AL East more? So here's the thing about that. The interleague schedule remains division versus division. So the AL Central's uh, uh, interleague games are all against the NL Central. Right, but they're... And I think the only division that... <clears throat> Then the AL Central is NL Central. So I looked at the White Sox. Uh, if you go by postseason percentage expectations, the White Sox play like 105 games against teams with less than 20% expected postseason odds. Like they'll have two series against the Yankees. They don't play the Dodgers. They don't play the Padres. They don't play the Mets. You know, they play the Houston Astros, but I'm not intimidated by the Astros. I I guess I'm saying I think it's going to be the same. I think the Central is going to have in play, not not to the extreme degree that it was in 2020, but I think I think you're going to see you know a 92-win Chicago White Sox lose at home to the Tampa Bay Rays or something dumb like that. Right. In the play. So you don't think that playing the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays and the Angels and the Astros and the Rangers is going to, and the Mariners is going to negatively <laughs> affect their, like, projection? Well, a lot of those teams are bad. Right? I mean, we're back to a regularly regularly weighted schedule. Yeah, right? it's going to be regular. It's going to be regular. My only point is that the interleague is still West v. West, Central v. Central, East v. East. So the Yankees have rotating, to play, hasn't it? It has been rotating, but this year it's 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 a line. Right, but that's a small line. portion of the schedule. Yeah. Right, but then the White Sox get to play the. The Royals and the Tigers 16 times each. Right, but they were... Oh, yeah, okay, I got you. <clears throat> I mean, I think maybe, to Sam's point, the East might be a bigger, better... have more good teams in it. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think I think you could see three playoff teams out of the East pretty easily. I could see, like, Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays. Yeah, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, something like that. I don't know. I too, I too could see that. I too could see that, Joel. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm taking the White Sox because I'm a fanboy. I think they're going to be good. Our walk-on music uh, was by Yohan Moncada, which will be his walk-on music this year. Wait, so he performed really it? About... Oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> is, he, is he singing? This is, uh, yeah, he's singing. It is Desastre Personal by Yohan Moncada. 
Hey, it's a music video. He's got a romper on. So good. So fucking good. Pour me that. The White Sox are going to be some team still. Tony Lusa doing Tony things. Oh, man, we didn't even talk about Tony Yeah, we didn't even talk about Tony Lusa. <laughs> Your boy. <clears throat> All my right. boy, my boy, I'm a boy. <laughs> All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap this up. Uh, so that's in the AL Central. We'll talk about the AL West next week, week and then we'll get to the National. Oh, boy. Um, again, follow us on all your social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. You can also check us out on Spotify. And or SoundCloud. Uh, for Sam and Thomas, my name is Joel. I'm just going to throw this to Yohan Moncada. He's going to walk us out. Have a great evening. Uh-huh.